First John chapter 5. I'm excited to start a new series tonight in the book of First John. And if there would be a title for the series, uh, it would be Life in Christ. Our, our life in Christ that we have, the, the new life that we have in Him, and how we are to live that life. And one of the issues that faces the church and even the world in general today, I believe, is an identity issue and where our identity should be found and what it should be rooted in. You know, we call ourselves Christians, but if we were to be asked, uh, uh, tell us about yourself, tell us what's important to you, what would our answer be? And the devil, he wants us to have our identity wrapped up in all sorts of things that, uh, that keep us from what our true identity is, and that is as children of God, as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ. And in our, in our society that we're in today, it's easy to spot what people think of their identity, what they think of themselves. You can look on social media and, and people's, uh, their bio is what it's called. They, people list a few things about themselves that they want other people to know, uh, that they want other people to know about themselves, what they think of themselves. Uh, some people list their pets, their hobbies, their career that they have, their favorite food, their car, the things they like. Uh, and, and all those things are good and fine, but as Christians, we understand that our identity ultimately is in Christ and as believers, as Christians. And if we're going to live a life of commitment to Christ, we need to understand what our identity is and who we are in this world. We need to figure out uh, very quickly that we are God's children, that we are people of God, so that we can be who God has called us to be. As, as long as we are distracted with all the identities that the devil wants us to be consumed with, we're not going to be profitable or productive for Christ. And so we need to understand that we are of God, that we are to be set apart, that we're to be peculiar. Uh, we understand that the ethic of the world, it's not our ethic. It's not what we uh, believe or follow. We, we are heirs of God. And it's the devil, again, who wants us to have a crisis about our identity. He wants us to be confused about who we are and what should be important to us. And so as we begin this series, uh, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm looking forward to working through it. Tonight we're just going to look at the context of 1 John, and I also want us to look at three main texts in the book, three things that John is trying to get across to the audience, to the, to the reader, uh, and, and three things that we can know and that we can be assured of. And three things that he covers uh, throughout this book. And so as we begin this series tonight, we need to ask ourselves, what is our identity? If we were to ask to, if we were asked to sum up who we are in two to three sentences, uh, what would our answer be? What is it that's important to us? Uh, what is it that we believe? And, and as believers, we, we know that our identity should be in Christ. And so we see 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. We'll read that, pray, and get into the message this evening. 1 John 5, 19 says, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this day that you've given us. And again, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to look at your word. 
God, I pray that you'd help us to set aside distractions. And uh, God, I ask that you'd help us as we consider this idea of our identity. Lord, we need to know who we are in this world so that we can properly serve you and live for you in the new life that we have in you. And so, God, I ask that you'd help us, uh, Lord, to see what you have for us. Lord, I pray that you help me to be emptied of self and filled with your spirit this evening. And I pray that you would do what only you can do, and that's to speak to our hearts. Lord, I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing I want us to notice is the, the context uh, that this epistle is, is written in. And the book of 1 John, of course, was written by John, probably around 80 to 90 AD. It's called a general epistle in the Bible, meaning it's not addressed to any specific person or church like Galatians or the book of Timothy. It's written to believers in general. It's a general uh, epistle. And there was a issue that was facing the church at this time. Uh, there was a heresy going around called Gnosticism. You may have heard of the term before, Gnosticism. It's important to know what Gnosticism is if we're going to understand why John writes about some of the things that he does in this book and the way he writes them. One example of that is throughout the book of 1 John, you'll see the word know. Many times, John writes that ye may know, or I write these things so that ye may know. He puts an emphasis on knowledge in this book, and John wants the believer to know some things. And that's because of the Gnostics. The Gnostics, uh, well, Gnostic, it's a Greek word that means knowledge. And these were heretics at the time that taught um, that salvation is for those who are enlightened by a special knowledge from them. And if you wanted to be saved, you had to come to a proper knowledge of yourself. You had to unlock some, some kind of special knowledge about yourself in order to be saved. They also believe that all physical matter, like plants, uh, they would believe like this plant was inherently evil because it's physical. And they believed that the only things that were good were in the, in the spiritual world. And as a result, they did not believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God because He was a physical being. And because He was a physical being, He could not be God. And so they taught these heresies. And, and this was a very prevalent uh, heresy in the time. And they, they, again, claimed to have special revelation from God outside of His Word. In other words, of course, we believe that God's word is our final authority for everything that we believe, everything that we do. It's based in God's word. They added to that uh, their special revelation, the things that they said, in other words, the things that they felt, uh, whatever that might be. And so they, they got away from the truths of God's word. And it was a confusing time. Also in this time, it's important to realize that the church was facing persecution. And they, there were many being martyred or exiled for their faith in Christ. John, he was exiled to the island of Patmos. And he lived out his life and died in persecution. Many of the apostles, many of the disciples, they were persecuted and martyred for their faith and for their belief in Christ. And then another thing that I want to notice is throughout this book... John, you'll notice as we work our way through the series, he often refers to the audience as little children or my children. 
he, he refers to them in this sense because John is old when he's writing this. He's an old believer, he's, uh, and he's going, to be, he's going to die soon, and so he, he's writing this letter to encourage them in their persecution, to encourage them in the things that they are dealing with, to, to encourage them to resist the false doctrines that they were facing. And so that's a little bit of an idea of what's going on. And in this epistle, we will find that there's three key verses that, that show us what John is trying to get across. And we're, and we're going to look at those tonight. And uh, th three things that are important for us to know. The, the first is we need to know who we, who are, we, need to know who we are. Uh, and so 1 John 5.19, again he, he says, And we know that we are of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. This is one of the one of the main themes of the book of First John that we may know who we are uh, in Christ. John says he says here to the believer he says that we are of God. He's writing to an audience that knows this. They know they've been saved, and he's he's reminding them that they've been born again, that they've been called out of the world and adopted into the family of God. But they needed to be reminded of this fact. With all the persecution that they were facing, with all the hardships that they dealt with, it was easy to lose sight of the fact that they were of God. It was easy to lose sight of their identity. Um, and, and it was easy to be tempted with, with apathy, with giving up, with, with not being identified with God because of fear of persecution. And so he's reminding them, and tonight we need to be reminded, if we've been saved, that we are of God. It's important for us to understand that. We are His children. If you've been saved, you've been born into God's family. We might not face persecution as they did, but we struggle with temptation. We struggle with fear of, of identifying ourselves with Christ. And we need to be reminded tonight that we are of God. And it's the devil who wants us to forget that. It's the devil who wants us to lose sight of our identity. He wants to offer us all these masks, all these false identities, uh, things to distract us from who we are. But tonight our identity is in Christ. Uh, and it's contrasted with the world. In verse 19 he says, uh, he tells us that we are of God, but the whole world lieth in wickedness. In other words, we are different. We are set apart if we've been saved. From, from the world, from those who are unsaved. He says, the whole world lieth in wickedness. And it's talking about the system of this world and the morals of this world. It's opposed to Christ and His Word. Sometimes we can look at the world and we see what's going on in the world. You turn on the news and we get discouraged because of all the bad things that are happening. But for the Christian, if anything should be unsurprising, it's that the world is evil. We understand that. When we read God's Word, we know that the world is opposed to God, and it should not surprise us. It should not catch us off guard that bad things happen in the world. It's because the world is run by bad people. Uh, and so we need to be re reminded that we are peculiar, that we are set apart because we are of God, and we are called to live differently from the world. Again, this letter is written to a group of persecuted people. They're struggling to find their identity in this world. And they needed to be reminded that they are of God. The very definition of a Christian, it implies somebody who knows that they are. Uh, and we need to know who we are tonight if we're going to have joy in this life and joy 
in this world. When, when we don't know who we are, we don't know how to behave. We don't understand our position uh, when we don't know who we are in eternity. We become distracted with lesser things in the world when we don't know who we are. Tonight, do you know who you are? If you've been saved, you're a, you're a child of God. You've been set apart. Uh, you've been adopted into His family. There's no need that God cannot meet. There's no trial that we face that He cannot uh, help us with. There, there's, there's no difficulty that He cannot guide us through. If we understand that, if we understand who we are tonight, then we can have faith in our God. But we need to know who we are. And so the book of 1 John is written to help the believer know who we are. Also, number two, we see that he writes this to help us understand whose we are, uh, who we belong to. Look at 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. Uh, this is a familiar verse. 1 John 5, 13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And so John writes this letter so the believer knows who they are, but he also writes it to know whose they are, who they belong to. Um, they, need, they need to be reminded that they are Christ, and we need to be reminded of that as well. There are a lot of professing Christians today who struggle with a certainty of their salvation. They struggle with doubt and uh, with anxiety, and that's not a new problem uh, for that's why John is writing this book, so that they could be assured of whose they are, of who they belong to. And so tonight, perhaps, uh, doubt is something that you struggle with. The book of 1 John is written to give us an assurance of whose we are, of who we belong to, so that we can know that we are saved. So we can have that confidence, not in us, not in anything that we do, but so our faith is in Christ. And we, we rest in Him when we know whose we are. The Gnostics, again, this goes back to the heresy at this time. They wanted, they wanted the church to be in doubt. They wanted them to be in uncertainty. Because if they were not certain of God's word, they would look to them for truth. They would look to them for what to believe. And as long as the Gnostics could keep them in doubt and uncertainty, uh, they would be in control. And so John wants, John wants them to look to God and Jesus Christ as their Lord. Uh, and who they follow. And so he wants them to be certain. He wants them to know. Life, our life in Christ, the life that we have, if you've been saved, is not meant to be a life of uncertainty. It's not meant to be a life of doubt, or worry, or fear, or anxiety. Our life is meant to be a life of faith, and of certainty, of knowledge, uh, of wisdom. We, we don't have, it's a, it's a, we might have heard the song, we don't have a hope-so salvation. We have a no-so salvation. We can know that we are Christ. We can know that we are saved. 1 Corinthians 3.23 says, And ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. When we know who we are, uh, we have the right identity of ourselves. And when we know whose we are, we know how to live in this world. When we, when we understand that we belong to Christ, he is our Lord. We know that we should serve Him. We know that we need to listen to Him so we know how to live. But if we do not understand whose we are, if we don't understand that we belong to Him, we're just going to follow ourselves. We're going to follow everybody in our life and what they tell us to do. But we, we need to be following our Lord and we need to know whose we are. Sometime later in this series, we'll look at some tests of 
uh, of fellowship that John gives, some things he writes about to help us know that we've been saved, to help us know that we belong to Christ, that we're in fellowship with Him. But for now, we need to know that if we are saved, we are Christ. And so, whose are you tonight? Uh, who do you belong to? If you've been saved, are you living for the Lord? Or are you living for self and for the world and for those around you? Uh, tonight, we need to understand whose we are. And so, when we understand who we are and whose we are, the final main, main point that John writes this is that we might have a joy-filled life. Look at 1 John chapter 1 and verse 4. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 4. So Paul, or John writes this so that we can know who we are, so we know whose we are, so that we can have a joy-filled life. 1 John chapter 1, verse 4. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. He writes this book so that we can have joy in this world, so that those that he was writing to could have joy in the midst of the persecution and all of the uncertainty that they dealt with. Uh, I think about the, the Apostle Paul and Silas. If there was anybody, uh, if there was ever a time for a believer to be sad or, or angry, it was when Paul and Silas were in prison for doing what God had called them to do, for preaching the gospel, and they find themselves persecuted because of it. But instead of being sad, Paul was able to have joy, and Silas was able to have joy, and they were able to rejoice in their circumstances. They were able to sing uh, praise to God. John, he was also able to rejoice. Again, he was exiled to the island of Patmos, but he still had joy. Uh, and many other believers, you can read about many other martyrs in, in the Bible. We, in our previous series, we looked at the Hall of Unknown Martyrs. They were able to have joy and to have faith. And how were these able to have this kind of joy? It's because they understood who they were in this world. And they understood who they belonged to. Uh, and because they knew who they were and who they belonged to, there was no trial that, caught the, that uh, caused them to fear. They knew that they belonged to God. There was no need that caused them to be anxious because they knew they had a God who could take care of them because uh, that God was their Father. And He loved them. And they stood out from the world because they knew who they were. Because they understood who they were, they knew they were to be different. They were to reflect Christ in the world around them that was wicked and filled with sin. They, they knew that sin was no longer their conqueror, but that they could overcome sin through Christ because they knew who they were. There's this lie that the world tells us that sin is pleasurable, and it is for a season, but it brings grief and it brings misery afterwards. And when we, when we chase after that sin because we don't realize that we are Christ, that we have been set apart, we, li we live in misery, we live in shame and guilt, and that's not where Christ wants us to be. And so they had joy in knowing who they were, they had joy in knowing whose they were, they were no longer children of disobedience, but children of the King. Tonight we can have that same joy that's full, but we need to know whose we are. We are not our money, uh, we, are, we don't belong to our money. We don't let our money dictate our joy. We are not our careers. Uh, we don't belong to our careers. We don't let that dictate our joy. We are not uh, our, our family around us that is against God. We don't let them dictate our joy. We let Christ dictate our joy because we belong to Him. And we understand He is our Lord who we follow. 
And so we need to understand whose we are. God has created the new man in that he's made us into new creatures uh, so that we can live this new life, this life in Christ with joy. Tonight is your joy full? Or is our joy constantly shifting because we, our identity is wrapped up in, in everything else in our life? Is our identity wrapped up in all of these other things that don't matter in eternity? If we want our joy to be full, our identity it needs to be in Christ. And we need to understand that we are His. Tonight, I hope you know that you've been saved. I hope you have been saved. And if so, this series is going to help us uh, prayerfully that we can know how to live our life. To know how to live the, the life in Christ in this world. Uh, and this series will hopefully help us understand uh, who we are and who we belong to. And the blessing that we have in this new life. We have the opportunity to have joy in this world. Every time I turn on the news, it can be discouraging, it can be maddening. But as Christians, we know we, we can have a joy ap apart from that. And we don't have to let those things dictate our life. Because we have this new life in Christ. And so tonight, uh, uh, well, as we work through this series, that's my desire, that we would understand our, our life in Christ. And if you are not saved tonight, the most important thing you can do is to be saved. To get that matter settled. Uh, because if you are not saved, you don't have this new life in Christ. You will not have this joy that leaves you full and lasting. Your identity will be wrapped up in everything else in the world. And it will leave you in misery. It will leave you in, in heartache. When those things disappear, when those things fall apart, when those things leave you disappointed, if your identity is not in Christ, if you have not been saved, you will, you will not have this joy that God wants us to have. Tonight, uh, if you haven't been saved, I would encourage you to be saved so that you can have this joy. But tonight is your joy full. It's, it's God's will for his children to have joy in this world and in this life. Uh, but it begins by knowing who we are and whose we are. Let's pray.